Hello and welcome once again to For the Love of Beer podcast. My name is Phil Savory and I'm joined as always by my good friend Mr Mark Hardy-Johnson. Hola desde Honduras. Hello from Honduras. Honduras. I'm straight in there with this Straight in. No suspense. Um, Kind of following on from the last episode, we're staying in Central America. Um, This is basically El Salvador's next door neighbour. So if you've listened to the El Salvador episode, this is kind of like a, a part two, if you like. Um... Because this is a beer literally from the country next door. Um, for those of you new to the show, uh, myself and Mark are on a quest to drink 100 different beers from 100 different countries. This is a beer we have never had before. Um, so a bit like Pilsner beforehand. Um, before we crack it open and, and go in, are we, are we expecting this to be a similar beer? Do we think it's going to be different? What do you reckon? I think it's got a... I've had this theory before the other beer. It's got a bit of an Aldi looking can. It looks cheap. It, like a bit of an anchor, um, not an anchor, a life boy, isn't it? Yeah, so that we've got a can, we're drinking from a, a 330, I'll say 330, but I got that wrong last time, it wasn't 330 mil, 350ml can, um, 4.8%, so this is just one notch, uh, 0.1 notch above your alcoholic sweet spot. At least it tells you on this one. It does tell us at least. So between the two of them, they're sandwiching my sweet spot. And the one thing that this has on it, that Pilsner, our last beer, didn't have, was international recognition. This has Monday Selection, 2005, and uh, World Beer Championships, can't quite see 2006. So... You know you're going to get a good beer when it's got recognition. You're hoping, yeah, you're hoping with that international recognition we're going to get something good. Um, Can's a bit of a weird design, isn't it? It's... um, it's bizarre, uh, isn't it? Blue, gold, um, it looks a bit dated. It has like a life boy on it with like two Honduran flags sort of either side of it. Um, been brewed since 1916, so that's 10 years after Pilsner del Salvador. So it came a little bit afterwards. Should we just crack on and... and yeah, I mean, sorry, going back to your question, which you originally asked me. Yes. I'm really interrupted. Um, I think it will be pretty similar. You reckon? It's... Do we, know, it do we even know if it's a Pilsner? Does it even say anything about it that? It just says La Cerveza de Honduras. Mm. Brewed and bottled in Honduras. Again, as we are at this, at this point of our journey, all these beers are getting hard to get because they're, they're made in the country that they're from, which is a good thing, but it also means potentially they're hard to get hold of. It could almost be exactly the same beer. Love that sound. That's so, what taste. Honduras, in the Spanish word of it, means depths. So it's a bit gassier than well that's just different from counter bottle, but I feel that's slightly gassier than Pilsner was. But yeah, taste wise it's not it's not a million miles away, is it? No, not really. Hmm. Um so it's a Republic in Central America and it's it actually we've gone from the smallest country in Central America to the second largest country in Central America. So we've gone I'm from one extreme second, to another. I'm guessing second only to Mexico then. I assume so, yes. Yeah. So the population of Honduras is around 8.3 million. So it's not much more than El Salvador. So they've only got a million more people. How's that work? A lot more trees. Uh, life expectancy in Honduras, 75 years. Could be worse. Official language is Spanish. Obviously, Honduran Spanish. Uh, capital city is Tecucigalpa. Let's have a go at that. Tecucigalpa. Uh, yeah. Tecucigalpa. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You probably did better than me there. Um, official currency Honduran Lempira 
which is better than El Salvador because they just have the US they dollar. They the US dollar, yeah. I'll just use that. Um, it's the only country that touches four of the Central America countries. The main sport in Honduras is soccer, as we'd know football. Yes. Now, they have qualified for a few World Cups. They were at the World Cup in Brazil? They were, 2014, and South Africa in 2010. Yeah. Um, they lost all three of their games in 2010, um, and again in 2014. They played against France, Ecuador, and Switzerland. Didn't Wigan have a weird connection with Honduras? Didn't Wasn't there a phase, like, ten years ago, ever, where Wigan had, like... Two or three players from Honduras for Did some they? reason. Yeah. Like Honduran internationals. I get the feeling that you know, Steve Bruce knew someone that knew someone that basically had some cheap footballs from Honduras going and there'd be a big, nice fat A bit like the lads it. that we talked about in the last episode in El Salvador. Yeah. Um, Wigan. I'm going to have to Google that. It's interesting, that is. I'm, I'm sure Wilson Palacios was one of them. He was like a midfield hard man type. And then I think there was Manuel Figueroa, who was a left-back, and I'm pretty sure they were both from Honduras. And they had another one. And there might be another one. Oh, can I... Hang on, let me, let, me, let me just see if I can think of who that other one was. Um, Why have they had three Honduras players? I know, There's isn't that weird? Isn't that, that really weird? That they would that they would have that. That's just really unusual, isn't it? That that's is the, really odd. That's a fat envelope. That's a, that's a bum, that is, to, to have, end up with that. Um... Oh, I'm struggling for this other one now. Uh, oh, shit. Oh, no, I'll give up. Who was it? Um, it was Juan Carlos Garcia. Oh, I wouldn't have got that one. No. I wouldn't have got that. Uh, Sam Wigan in 2013. Oh, hang on. I will let you off this. He only made one appearance in the Football League Cup. Okay. But that goes to show, doesn't still, it? He must have been shit, but they still signed him. Like an Ali Dia situation. What's going on there? Do you remember the story of Ali Dia, George Ware's cousin? He basically turned up at Southampton... Um, yes, I've read about that. And couldn't 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 play it to save his life. So that's Honduras. That's Honduran football covered. Um, Hang on, I've got another one. Oh, go on, Roger Espinosa. Uh, Wigan, what, Wigan again. Appearances in twenty thirteen. What the fuck's going on at Wigan here? <laughs> Are they like twin? You know, like you have towns like twinned with like French and German towns. Has <laughs> Wigan just twinned with Honduras? I don't know. There's something odd about this. How bizarre is that? Oh, fucking hell, I've got another one. Another one? Hendry Thomas. Played 55 times oh, between 2009 and I've heard of him, yeah. He, I think he was another centre midfield hard man. Yeah, defensive midfielder. Yeah. What's going on there? There's something Something needs him, but the panorama needs to be on this. That I mean, it's probably a bit late now, because it was like, you know, 15 years ago or whatever, but still. The history of Steve Bruce and Wiggins' love affair with Honduran footballers. I'm not going to go into it, because it's a whole piece of it, but... <laughs> There's a picture of him here, and it looks quite quite an interesting read, so I shall have a read of that later on. Do you think he went to Honduras? Do you think Steve Bruce has been to Honduras? On holiday? I bet well, he'd drink a lot of salvavidas if he did. Well, we say a holiday, but it might have been a, you know, a bit of, uh, air quote, business trip. You know mm, what I'm saying? A nice little freebie. I'm just saying, I think that all of that ha- business happened around the time that Steve Bruce was manager of Wigan. I think... There's some sort of connection there. That is really weird. So on our um, last episode, um, we were we, we made a Salvadoran delicacy called pupusas, which were like um, 
kind of like a filled pancakes, but easy way to describe it. Apparently, that's not um, just native to Salvador. It's a Honduran thing as well. Apparently so. They share a lot of things. Your chicken bus um, thing, which I thought was great, by the way. Yeah. Also a thing in Honduras. Culturally very similar. Um, Drug gangs, um, again, very similar with with El Salvador. That's something that, that they have in common. They also became independent from Spain in 1821. Yeah. Um, another similarity there. They have, interestingly, banned child marriage under the age of 18, which is very good of them. That's the least they could do, isn't it, really? Well, yeah. I mean, you can still get married here at 16, but yeah, okay. Can uh, you get married here at 16? You can, yeah. With can your, you? With your parents' permission, yes. I didn't, I didn't realise that. You can. Um, isn't there something to do with Greta Green that's to do with that as well? I don't think you have to have permission there, do you? I don't know. Is that one of those weird rules like in Chester where you can like shoot a Welshman with a bow and arrow or something? It could be. Or maybe Scotland just have different rules in that when you're 16 you can make your own choice. Whereas yeah. in England, definitely, if you've got your parents' permission, you can marry when you're 16. Yeah. Even though you can't... Well, you can vote at 16, can't you? Or is it 18? 18. 18. So you can't vote where you can get married. They wouldn't let, the Tories wouldn't let 16-year-olds vote because they'd never get in otherwise. Yeah, very, very fair point. I mean, give it another sort of 15, 20 years and I don't think they're going to get in for a fucking long time, are they? So are we saying then at Gretna Green that you can get married at any age? I think you can. I mean, obviously not like a 12-year-old. Deep-fried Haribo rings. What would you your ideal wedding meal be? You know, that as a man. Um, I presume when you got married, you know, sort of Hannah made all the decisions of, you know, what you were having and stuff. Um, well, we went to, no, well, I mean, I wasn't, there were some things I was, I, I was kind of there in, in um, body, but not in spirit. That's true. Um, <laughs> for aspects of, of planning the wedding. Um, but food, I wasn't, I was, I was involved in food because... Um, you kind of you know sort of who in your family is fussy eaters or not, and we went to see where we got married. It was like you could only have we had a choice of five caterers that we could pick. Basically, they'd only they only work with these like five different caterers, um, and they have one that covers like Asian weddings and that sort of cuisine, one that does like um, African sort of cuisine, and one that does sort of um, uh, Asian. Um, like pan Asian cuisine. Anyway, long story short, we basically took one that did sort of like um buffets or style stuff, and we had it's like a chicken wrapped in bacon thing. It was very nice. And then it and then several years later, um, I inadvertently um uh, befriended um the actual caterer, not realizing that it was her, until. She told me her name. I was like, oh, shit, you catered my wedding. And it was like years later, we were having a conversation or whatever, and it was like, oh, Joe, I can't believe... Oh, you catered my wedding. And suddenly, like, it just suddenly clicked. I, ne- I never... And, and the thing is, I'd sat in her kitchen, like, five years earlier, sat in her kitchen and gone through all this stuff and just totally forgot. Maybe you didn't realise until... No, no, and then and then befriended her, like, a few years later. and Yeah. Funny I'd, I'd probably have a hog roast. Because it's manly. Yeah, I had a mate had a hog roast and it was great. But they did it, but they they did it, um, the way they did it though, I think it was later in the day, so they really made you wait for the food. Yeah. Because by the time you had the, you had the, 
you had to get there a certain time, and then by the time of the ceremony and whatever else, then the hog roast, we didn't get the hog roast till like seven at night, and you've not really had like a wedding breakfast. So they didn't do that on top of the breakfast? No, I think I think it was, I don't think it was an extra thing on top, I think it was the actual main meal type See, my, thing. My mate got married a couple of years ago, and I think they got it right. They had the wedding breakfast, and they had, you know, a proper whatever meal it was. I can't remember, to be honest. I wasn't really taking much interest, I was just eating it. Yeah. Um, and trying not to get too pissed before I was doing the speech. Um, but then, when it got to about half seven, eight o'clock at night, and all the evening guests were piling in, they did fish and chips and sausage. Basically, it was like a chippy tea. Yeah, I went to a wedding like that, I had a, with a chippy tea. It was all right. It was great. Yeah. It was all I right. I enjoyed it. Yeah, like, in the corner there was, I think it was the hotel caterers. Hotel, like, you know, chef and all that sort of stuff. And they were in the corner, you know, just, just going pile. And it, it was all right. I wasn't really hungry. I was just... I'd done my speech by that point, so I was busy getting pissed at that point. Mm. So I was quite happy as I was, getting on the Jaeger bombs, you know. Um, but going back to Gretna Green, so you can no longer just turn up and get married at Gretna Green. Minimum period of time required to arrange the wedding in 29 clear days, because obviously they have to do all registrars and all that shit, don't they? Yeah. Um, but in Scotland, and this is how it comes about, in Scotland, if you're aged between 16 and 18, you do not need parental consent to get married. However, if you're 16 or 17 and you're from England or Wales, you can go to Scotland and get married without the consent of your parents. So I was right in the first place. You were. I'm quite happy that I knew that. In fact, I don't know why I knew it. So I'm happy <laughs> about it. Just in case. And that's on the Citizens Advice Service, so it's clearly true. So that's regardless of whether one or both partners are under the age of, so, you know. Yeah, just like if yeah, okay. one was, say, 55 and the other was 16, you could still get married. Right. Um, as dodgy as it would be. But yeah. that must be why Gretna Green is so popular, is sort of well-known as that, because it's just over the border, isn't it? So that's the, probably... I wonder what the biggest age gap is. With a married couple, when a couple get the point of getting married, I wonder what the biggest. It must be like a. How old do you reckon? A guess. Like my sister is twenty, three, in two days' time, and she's with a, I think he's forty-five year old. He's also married. He's got two kids, but apparently him and his wife have split up four years ago. So she told. Well, so she told my nan, who went ape shit about it to me last week. Because my nan's not known about this, but they've been going out with each other for two years. Now, I've known about it. Not my problem to be telling me that. <laughs> I've let her do it. Only my uncle's ended up telling her, and it's gone a bit fucking ballistic. But, so, she's 23, 45. That's 22 years. That's a lot. I think there's going to be, like... Because I know, was it recently that Rupert Murdoch got married to Jerry Hall? And there'd be a bit of a gap there. But then she's kind of getting on a bit anyway. But there's got to be there's got to be instances of like you know millionaires like in their like late eighties or whatever, basically marrying a twenty year old. I mean that's quite common though, isn't it? Really. Well, I don't know if it's common, but I'm I'm assuming that whatever the record holder is is going to be a situation like that where you have a guy with a load of money on death's door who basically just wants to get his dick wet one last time. So and he's happy Murdoch to give up getting his dick wet. He's, yeah. He's ninety. Yeah. And she's 63. Yeah, that's a big gap. That's 26 years. That's more than my sister. It's crazy, isn't it? That is a big gap in more ways You're at different stages of your life, though, aren't you? In my opinion, you are, anyway. Anything sort of over probably seven or eight years, 
you know, to be a serious relationship, it's different parts of your life. At our sort of age, anyway. Yes. You know, like, I'm 34, so a 27-year-old, they're at a different point in their life. For me, anyway. Yeah. Um, well, I think I got married at 27. I think I got married at 27. But Hannah's a similar age to you, so... Yeah. That's fine. About half a year younger, yeah. So, there's no issue with that. Yeah. Because that's the sort of the, you know, you sort of, your late 20s is kind of where you end up... Settling down age, isn't it? Yeah, and accumulating a load of shit, and that's that's what I'm, I'm going through that phase of my life at the moment, where I'm just accumulating a load of shit that... Um, <laughs> you don't have a choice about. I don't have a choice about, and producing offspring, and um, yeah, and just gradually all of the freedoms and things that I held dear in my life 10 years ago are just eroding away into nothingness. Never to be seen again. Never to be seen again. Because even when you feel like you get that some of that freedom back, when I think about when my kids go to like, and they fly the nest, I'll still be stuck with the wife, won't I? Again, it's going to be a different stage of your life then. You'll have been through, you know, the True. kids being yeah. young, being born young, growing up, fucking off to uni, whatever, you know, whatever they do. And then, this is what I don't understand, like, when people are old then, so you're probably going to be 20 years down the line from when you were last in the house on your own, apart from your in-laws, obviously. Yeah. Um, you're going to be different people 20 years down the line. True. And you, how are you going to know how to cope with each other? I think that's the thing. It's like, do you have... Uh, I, I don't know, cause, because I'm in the middle of it, I don't know. I don't know how you come out of the other side. I don't no. know what that it looks like. It intrigues me, that does. Because when I look at examples of old couples that I've known, and also including, like, you know, my people in my family, that they don't have hobbies in common. Like, I think to, like, grandparents and stuff like that, that, that you know, stayed together for a long time. My, my, my parents only lasted know, 15 years, I think it was. Um, but, like, I don't know of them having any shared hobbies or things that, you know, they just do, you just do your own thing. And I think it's just, you just kind of, you're, you're kind of contractually obliged to obviously <laughs> spend the rest of your life with this person. And you kind of have a lot of time to fill. And you basically, I think that's, you know what, I think that's why golf exists. So I can't stand golf. But I, but yeah, but I think, and I'm thinking the same thing now, the, mo- but the, mo- the, the, the further I get down the line, the more I kind of think about golf and thinking... I think I get it, you know. I haven't played it properly and never taken it seriously. But if the opportunity were presented, I think I would take it because it just gets out of the house. I'd rather do anything but go. I'll just go to the pub. But 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 when you're in it though, I think I think maybe at some point we'll end up taking up golf. I don't think I've got the skill set to be able to do I it. I don't think it matters because people start at whatever age. I don't. I think I think most people are just shit at it anyway. That's my that's my gut feel. Do, do you reckon it's like a secret thing that everyone's just shit at golf? Apart from the pros, but they don't tell the wives about it. Exactly, and they don't get any better. And it, but to be honest, it doesn't matter because you're basically just going out for a walk, <laughs> or if you've got one of those caddy things and you have a pint afterwards, whatever. It's just it's just getting out of the house. It's like when you go and do five a side in your sort of late teens and your early twenties with all your mates and you have a beer after. Yeah, it's like that. But for old how people, much do you miss that? By the way. 
really enjoyed doing five. I used to love I mean, it. we were shit at it and we got battered every week. But it didn't matter. No, it didn't really. It was just... I mean, when we were getting the... absolutely battered, it, <laughs> it, it sort of did then. You were sort of seven or eight goals against us. It sort of did then. But, but yeah, we got us out of the house and that was sort of everything to us back then. You know, like no one had girlfriends or anything like that. And mm. we were all... We meet like two or three times a week playing football. You know, we're different sort of groups of mates and that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. I wonder whether that'll ever return after coronavirus. Five aside, is five aside dead? I think it might be. I don't know. I just feel I'm I'm at a point now in my life now where I've I've I'm now at a point where I'm I you, you don't feel especially when kids come into the equation, you just lose all control of your own life. And you're just accepting it, and you just you're just along for the ride, and you just kind of you just have to co- you just have to ride it out. And there's loads of great stuff about it, and don't get me wrong, there's lots to enjoy about family life. But you but you you know don't feel guilty about kind of lamenting the things that you kind of certain freedoms and things that you used to be able to do that you just struggle with. I think there's some that just do it anyway, but you know I'm not one of those people. <laughs> Where were we? Conjurus? <laughs> we get some... It's got the world's second most dangerous airport. If you fly into Honduras, um, I can tell you the name of the, the capital. It's Tegucigalpa. I feel like you said that just as badly as you did the first time. Well, but maybe, with, but, maybe but, I got it right. But with more time. conviction. Tegucigalpa, because it's split up, pronounced here. Tegucigalpa. Okay. Right. Ton- Contin International Airport in Honduras. Is one of the world's most dangerous. Basically, you have to fly through loads of mountain ranges to get to it. So it's really dangerous. You know what, though? the um, uh, I'll tell you what's... Uh, I bet it's not as dangerous, but um, it wasn't too dissimilar to that. Is Naples. Really? You fly into Naples. It is like... You're seeing like mountains and things because you have things like Mount Vesuvius and whatever else. You're seeing all that as you're flying in. And it is a bit like you have a runway, and it, it did really feel like a bit like oh god, there's an airport there, um, but not not to the scale of, of what you you've shown me there. Have you ever been to Gibraltar? Is that supposed to be really dangerous? I well? haven't, but I would like to. I would like to. Um, yeah, that's supposed to be really bad because of the currents and all that sort of stuff. Um, and again, the landing. But yeah, the world's most dangerous is Tenzing Hillary Airport, which I believe. Is it Lukla, Nepal, isn't it? Yes. Uh, yes, Nepal. So when Glenn goes there to bring back Nepal ice for us, hopefully next year, it might not make it back because he might die on the side of a mountain. Our beer could be on its way back and just get killed. Um, I've had some breaking news, by the way, in the um, during the course of recording this episode. Good news or bad news? Bad news, I'm afraid. Oh, no, do I need my black suit? Um, BBC with Prince Philip. Uh, well, um, do you remember Millie Vanilli? No. So um, the story behind Millie Vanilli, Millie Vanilli were like a, a music act. Um, well, we'll say they're a duo, okay, in the eighties, and they had some hits, and they were like um, two sort of tall. I think they were Dutch. I'm not sure. European, anyway. Um, guys with like they had. Um, Best way to describe them. Um, imagine like Edgar Davids and Clarence Seydorf. Um, <laughs> Absolute dude. Started a pop group. Yeah. But the and, and they were very popular and everyone loved them. 
But then there was a dark secret that actually none of them were singing. Eh? So they were basically a fraud. So they were they were doing all the dancing or whatever else and doing all the performing, but they weren't actually doing any of the singing. So the actual one of the real singers, uh, the real singer's name was John Davis. So he was the actual voice of Millie Vanilli. You just never saw him. You never got any of the credit for it. Oh yeah, he's dead um, due to COVID. Yeah, this is the song. Girl, you know it's true. Girl, you know it's true. So they're lip syncing there, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, they're some good dance moves, but they... What's this, 80s, is it? I guess we'll put yeah, it in the video. Yeah, 80s. Let's get to the chorus. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so the guy that sings that is dead. He's dead. Um, age 66, coronavirus, John Davis. There we go. He dead. He dead. He gone. I've never heard of him in my life. Brief moment of silence for John Davis. The real singer of Millie Vanilli. R.I.P. John Davis. Gone too soon. Mm. Anyway, Honduras. The beer. What do you reckon? Um, I don't like it as much as the uh, the Pilsner that it's we had as good as previous. That, I don't think it's as good, no. Um, it's a run-of-the-mill. It is run-of-the-mill. Foster's type beer. It, it is. Where, whereas Pilsner had that kind of... Um, Dive bar, sort of finish a day's work kind of beer quality, good barbecue beer, hang around, hang out with your mates type beer. This doesn't seem to really have that kind of character to it. It's very kind of. I'd say it's. It's like a supermarket type it feel. Is. Do you yeah, know what I mean? It's like a supermarket beer. Because I'd imagine it's probably very cheap. I know we said that about El Salvador in that it was cheap, but. I imagine this being the Fosters of Central America. Yeah, this feels like kind of a, a generic y sort of. Yeah. It's guess, an Aldi beer, is what it is. It's an yeah, Aldi. Yeah. Like a supermarket y type beer. Um, if this said Aldi on it and you just drank it, it'd probably be called like Salve Vida or something. Yes. You know. Um, Salve Vita. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, um, I don't think you'd bat an eyelid. You just drink it. I mean, I'm a bit of a snob. I won't really drink any beers like that, but you wouldn't really know any different. I wouldn't be I'd, in I'd a never, hurry. I'd never pick one up. Is what I'm no, saying. No, no, no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be in a hurry to drink one again. And if it was a case of I was on holiday um, in Honduras or El Salvador, and I had a choice between Salvavida or Pilsner, I'd, I'd take the Pilsner. I agree. Exactly. I totally agree. Yeah, but having said that, it's not a bad beer. It's not horrendous. It's perfectly drinkable. But it, but yeah, but it's drinkable in the way that you know that you would buy a a, a pack of buds from a supermarket. That's exactly it, what it it's is. It's just a, it's just a, a, a something you buy and sort of stash that's kind of in the house. It's nothing special. No, nothing. No, nothing special about it at all. So would you have it as a barbecue beer? You're not going to be showing off with it, though, are you? No, I mean, the thing is, if people didn't know what it was, you'd be like, oh, this has come from Honduras, and that would be quite interesting. Yeah. But you just, you'd just take Pilsner instead. The, yeah. the, problem is, the problem we've got is that we have, a, we have something direct that we've th- to compare it to, and, and I think it comes up short um, when compared to 
its neighbour. Um, I just I just think it's not as it's not as interesting. It's just a bit dull. Not horrendous. It's not offensive. It's just yeah, very middle of the road. Mm. The ambassador, the the ambassador. I don't think he's not going to touch no, it. Is he? I don't no, I think so. I don't think so. He's not going to touch it. I don't think so. What celebrities do you reckon to drink this? Any ideas? Steve Bruce, I think. I think you're right. Yeah, Steve Bruce with his with Bonjour his and holiday fat envelope full of cash with the with um, Henry Thomas and um, Bolson Palacios. <laughs> do you reckon they brought a load of it over with them? When they came over, you know, to sign the dotted line for Wigan Athletic. Who knows? I mean... Maybe, wonder if there's a Honduran community in Wigan. Because they must have had kids while they were over here. Or maybe they still are over here. I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't know if any of... I mean, do we know if any of them... If they, I guess if they retired here and they finished their playing days at Wigan, then maybe they, you know... Because some, some people do that, don't they? They kind of embed themselves in the community and then they... If they do really well and they sort of stay there till the end, then they just hang around, don't they? Yeah. Well, that's what I assume they would have done. Yeah. I don't think all of them would have made it, though, because there's some that only played, like, one game. Um, right, Figueroa. He... Oh, well, he's now playing for Houston Dynamo. He's still playing? Still playing. He's 38. Wow. wow. Palacios? Wilson Palacios. He is... He's 36 years old. Um... He played as a midfielder, so yeah, he's retired. Last seen at Real Sociedad, okay, twenty nineteen. So he'll be in Spain. Probably. He went moved from Wigan to Spurs. Shit, yeah, he was at Spurs. Yeah, sixty five yeah. appeared. He played more for them than he did at Wigan, and then he moved to Stoke. Mm. Cold Tuesday night in Stoke. Yeah. Wilson Palacios was uh, smashing it out there. Um, Roger Espinosa. That's he, the one I hadn't, I hadn't heard He's of. 34. He currently plays for Sporting Kansas City. So he's out there with Figueroa. Uh, in fact, no, I beg your pardon. He's on loan currently at Swope Park Rangers. Who? Um, it's Kansas City's second team. Right. Swope Park. Swope Park. Yep. Uh, in the USL champ- Championship. Atkinson Stanley. Who are they? It's a bit different from Atkinson Stanley, isn't it? Yeah. And David Suazo. Honduran retired player from Inter Milan he played for Inter Milan and Cagliari 255 appearances so I don't know some of them done alright for themselves yeah but anyway they're not living in Wigan anymore but none of them are in they Wigan. might not have enjoyed what is it a Wigan kebab as they call it I've had have you had, ever had one of them I've never have no perhaps we should try that in a, spe- a Wigan special I've had one was it enjoyable it was it's, cha- it's a challenge <laughs> there's um, a lot of thickness in there well it's a challenge for two reasons one you've got the combination of the bread and the pastry so that's already by the way a Wigan kebab is a pie and a bap for those who don't know or a balm or a batch or a bun or a a roll wherever you're from because for those for those listeners outside of the UK within the UK we have um, about 1500 different words um, for a roll or a bun Um, (laughs) so yeah anyway so, um, yeah, so the, the, you've got the challenge of the bread and the pastry, but then the filling becomes a problem because once you get to a certain point when you're into the pie, you then have to manage where the filling goes. So you kind of have to start from going in from an angle and you've got to commit to basically working yourself gradually left to right, left to right in order to equal it out because otherwise you'll end up with spillage. What pie did you have? 
Uh, it was steak and ale. It should be pretty juicy then, really. If it's it was. And obviously it's packed full of steak and, and sort of yeah. the gravy stuff that's in there. You probably need that. I mean, with a meat and potato pie, you, you're not, it's too thick. Too thick. You need, you need, ideally you need something with a, with a good, um, like sauce inside Juice it. Juice content. Yeah. But it does make it harder to, harder to eat in terms of managing the mess. Yeah. But I mean, but it was great. to mop that up. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was like, um, what was it called? Pie Monster, it was called. And it was like a travelling sort of van type thing that comes, I think, comes from Wigan, but travels to like events and stuff and food shows and stuff. That's oh, right, so it wasn't it. in Wigan then? It wasn't in Wigan where I had it, no. Interesting. It's like a travelling one that goes around, but takes Wigan, takes Wigan with it around the country. Because that's what you need. Yeah, Pie Monster it was called. Well, next time I go to Wigan away, I shall do a, um, a Wigan kebab. Yeah. And I will review it as such. You could make one pretty easily, to be fair. But I feel like I need it to be authentic. In fact, you could make one just from your local chippy. Yeah. Because you, you could literally just get a pucker pie. Because it's not far off. A wigan kebab is just a pucker pie. And a bat. In a, and a bat. In a bat. Yeah. And, you, and all those are accessible in a chippy. But I feel like I should be eating it in Wigan to get the authentic experience. Uh, look, you've had pupusas from... El Salvador, you El Salvador. are correct. Yeah, and it's taken Recently. me across to El Salvador. So. Yeah, so, so Salva Vida, Salve Vita. Uh, are we gonna Are we gonna rate this? I think we should. Yeah. Um. Right, let's go fingers. Then we've not done much beer content tonight, so I do apologise no. for the listener, but it's there's not much on the beer no. research wise. It's not much of a thing you can get much on, and um, and you'll know us well enough by now to know that um, you know we don't we don't put. People don't listen to this to know about the beer, do they? Let's be honest. Well, maybe they do. Maybe they think they do and then find themselves constantly disappointed from week to week. Talking about kebabs. Yeah. yeah. But, you know. But yeah, keep in touch. So, yeah. Right, let's let's, let's rate this and, and get out of here. Um, what's that, get out of here? Are you out of your own house? I'm in my own house. Right, okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. You've gone six, I've gone five. We're doing good at this tonight. This so, is pretty solid, isn't it? I mean, it? are we just going five and a half? I think we should. For, for me, it's like the closest thing I compare it, because we always had that the Budweiser as that sort of prime meridian five out of ten. Like, yeah. You know, some people obviously will, will, will really dislike Bud, but you can't argue that, well, I personally think you can't argue that Bud is a very basic beer that anyone could it's drink. It's drinkable, yeah. So that's why it's five out of ten, because it's not bad, but it's not particularly good either. Yeah. And that's exactly where this is. I agree. Albeit, 5. 5. albeit you've notched it slightly beyond. Slightly but it above deserves that, that mark for being, having been on a journey, it's taken us to somewhere we've never been before. We've looked into Honduras, not learnt much, but we've looked into it. Yeah, not the most interesting countries in it the world. It deserves a little bit more than Bud. But, yeah. It's done its job. So it's thanks, done its job. Thanks to Matt. And thanks to yeah, Matt again yeah. For, for helping us out sourcing this yeah. beer. Um... Where can people find us on the socials, Mark? As always, at FTLOB pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I've got a bit of an issue with Instagram at the moment. It won't let me follow anyone on there. So I went through a stage a few months ago of whacking out loads of followers and we were really increasing the the followers and everything. It was all going really well. And then all of a sudden, it won't let me follow anyone. I don't know what's wrong with it. So if you follow us, I do apologise. I'll try and follow you back. But I don't know what's going on. I think it might be depends on how many because I don't hand, you handle more of the social media than I do, um, but um, I, I think sometimes they 
they cap a limit or they if you're following too many people in one spell they think you're a bot they yeah they used to do that but i've not they basically put a block on you for 24 hours i've had that plenty of times but this has been going on for months now this block on following all together you press on follow and it says I'll follow and then you go off that page go back on it and it goes back to what it was before something not quite right maybe it's quite the ratios of following and followers probably something to do with that maybe We've yeah got pretty good ratio so but anyway follow us yes please follow us we don't and, care um, about following you we, we, follow us. <laughs> we can't guarantee we'll be able to follow you back yeah. depending on what instagram's doing but yeah. um but yeah please follow us yeah, get in touch um, we're on email beers. as well um, that I sporadically check um, for the love of beer pod at gmail.com um, where you can send us feedback or um, if you've got any leads on some beers or need some help or advice with some beers then feel free to get in touch we'll be back soon um, whether it's a bucket this beer or not I'm not sure yet um, we're going to try and try and come up with some content now we can start kind of Meeting up again and things are getting a bit better out there in the world, well in this country anyway. Start getting um, some more beers. But we, they'll be from different places, I think. We will we will have content of yeah. some form. It's just the bucket list stuff's getting a, a bit trickier, but we're gonna try and try and stick around and, and have some content for you. Um and get get back into the swing of things. Thanks again for listening. Um hope you're safe wherever you are in the world and uh, we'll be back soon. Bye bye. All I wanna do is drink beer for breakfast.